Good evening. It's the Fake Publishing Millionaire's Hour. Cue the drum machine. Tonight we've got Noel Foden-Wenzel and we are talking about a disastrous music video shoot. What happens when a music video crew goes to shoot with a limited amount of time during a blizzard? That's pretty tense, right? Yeah, I don't need to build that up much more than that. Noel, uh, you want to add any drama to this before we uh, move on to playing the song? Oh, no. No? No, it's tense enough? Yep. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed that. That might be the maximum tension point. No, wait, there's more on Fake Publishing Millionaire's Hour! Hope you like it. Anyhow, coming up, we've got the second Indica Indica single called No Oasis Covers from the rock opera called Indica Indica. Uh, my name is Alon Moskowitz. I run the Fake Publishing Millionaire's Hour. I also do this rock opera. Uh, full disclosure, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it's a cool story about music videos and it's a cool song. Here we go!
All right, we are back. So anyhow, that is act one, scene two of this rock opera. It exists in uh, multiple acts uh, that kind of come out one at a time. Act one has been recorded and little pieces of that are getting sliced off and put into music videos, which was a process I kind of came across while thinking about how to reimagine music without live shows during the pandemic. Uh, Sean Stewart from Octopus, Octopus Primate uh, Productions up in Portland and I, when I lived up there uh, in 2020 through 2021, worked on and shot the first video. I moved down here. I started playing in a band with Noel. Um, we were talking about doing a video together and it kind of involved really disgusting low-budget American gladiators. <laughs> Noel, uh, you want to elaborate on what the original pitch was? Yeah, you. we were new friends and I. we were in this new band together. And you kind of showed me your Indica stuff, and you were like, I, I made a video of one of one of the other songs, and I want to make another one. And you were like, would you be down? And I was like, I've never <laughs> never made a music video in my life, but sure, why not? And you came uh, to this project with the idea of making it American Gladiator themed. And one of the first things that you introduced to me about the project was that you wanted the main character to be gross and <laughs> you wanted everybody to be wearing wrestling singlets. <laughs> and I was incredibly confused uh, until you showed me um, clips from the original American Gladiator show on YouTube, which is an incredible show. You should check it out if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um just so much energy, so much, I don't know. It's queer without actually being queer. <laughs> <laughs> like, there, it's camp. Okay, that's probably, yeah. I think, and that's what got me excited about it was the camp. Um, I love that everybody's got names like Laser and stuff. And they, <laughs> they um, they're real people too. They're like a little bit of a character, but also like there's some videos of guys that just they uh, um they hate losing you know what i mean like they they just start like really hitting the contestants very hard it's not like other i don't oh, know do you remember the clip there was one clip of two men who were fighting and one of them was like an ex-marine or something <laughs> yes. and he fell off the like javelin pole or what i don't know he they were fighting on a balance beam with javelins and one of them lost like the end of their javelin and then like broke off the other end and just started hitting his friend with a stick. <laughs> they it, had to stop it. It was like the guy that with the actual American gladiator, the contestant was like a Marine and the American gladiator is also probably a Marine, but he represents the show and he kept losing and saying like, well, my pugil stick, which is the big, uh, right. we had to learn what that term was. They're not just called big. They're not javelins. Uh, uh, javelins or, or uh, Q-tips. They're yeah. called pugil sticks. Pugil sticks. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we, you know, he, he hit this guy and the foam tips fell off or something. And he was just like, well, fuck it. Like, uh, that's you, you won by default. So basically he just kept hitting this, this contestant was a good sport. And we're like, nah, I don't know. Hit me again with it. Let's fight again. And like, they kept re-racking it. And like, this guy kept getting hit. It was almost like it was some kind of a con to keep hitting him with a, a bear on, on pillowed <laughs> pugil stick. There was a lot of, uh, pent up American rage in that clip. And well, I mean, there was still a Soviet Union at that point. That I mean, they're enemies. True. They're always enemies. But there was... Have you seen Rocky IV? <laughs> no, this was prime. They have to, they, they, there was a bar that was set in the cinemas that daytime TV had to keep up with. Speaking of, one of the other things that we did that was very <laughs> epic about this one was... Um, uh, 
we made an end credit music theme, you know, like the, the movie, the music video, because uh, when do you see that? Like, you know, you see I, it felt very adult swim. We had enough people that like wanted to get involved. Like our friends suddenly became wrestlers and wanted to be character. OK, like very few of our friends were like, yeah, get me a wrestling singlet and get me out on the beach to do some prop fighting that involves like fake jello and shit. I'm so into it. That sounds like a great there, use of time. There was some coaxing. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was definitely some coaxing. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, it's the... Um, some bands are so good. You'll see these videos with like so many people in it. And uh, Indica is still such a bedroom pop thing. We got like, I think there's maybe 10 people on vi- the video. But after you get enough props and, and wrestling leotards and a parkour gym that lets you use the space, you kind of need to have, uh, I think this is this is how I'm going to cue it up. I'm not going to talk this down any further. <laughs> it's good. So imagine the movie has just ended and the main character's gotten the revenge they want against the other American fucking gladiators that like ruined their life or something and we'll get further into who and what they are very soon but just hear me out on this coming at you right now back so that is the end credits of our music video uh and we kind of came up with the idea after coming up with a pretty ridiculous series of shots all the links will be in the metadata for this page but um let's talk about how we put this together so we had maybe three or four days to actually get the shoot done correct Noah? yeah we kind of planned a like very last minute impromptu road trip we were going to do most of the filming up in portland so we had we had the concept of like American gladiators. We have like player one who's like our hero, our gross hero. Um, but a lot of the story like kind of came together on the spot, if I'm remembering correctly. We had concepts, but no like concrete. We actually we brought in uh, Josh, who used to do uh, BFF. F, we're on BFF. I'm so sorry. Um, the Rude Awakening show for BFF here, um, the Ska show in the mornings, uh, was playing Scarface, who's one of the wrestling heels and is an antagonist of Player One, who Noel plays. Noel plays the hero of the story, and they go out through the story, kind of waking up in the back of their car uh, on this big long road trip for revenge, kind of like Kill Bill, and they've got like a sheet that they're checking off of all of their enemies, uh, and as they go through doing all this. Um, it flashes back to people like Scarface who love ska music and maybe hates people or I don't know what they're real. They just really like fucking with people with horns and like slime coming out of them. That kind of is like a metaphor for how much people are uh, annoyed by ska, which is always a thing that's I found fascinating and hysterical. But that's not really the... the There's passion there. Yeah. People really passionately are annoyed by ska <laughs> music. Um, and then our friend Sarah Dwyer uh, playing um, kind of 
uh, stage she, version of herself. She plays the Pop Punisher, who she actually is in real life. Um, yeah, Sarah's a brilliant ceramic artist. Shout out to her work. Um, and some of the ceramics that she doesn't that don't make it that like get cracked and stuff she has a separate instagram where she smashes them and it's pretty amazing but she graciously joined the project as her persona the pot punisher uh where player one like we were fighting scarface together we defeated scarface and then um there was a betrayal uh, i had prepared i'm also a ceramic artist i had prepared um my favorite mug that the Pot Punisher would subsequently smash during our, like, victory picnic where we were celebrating defeating Scarface, um, which is then when we fought. We had our gladiator battle after that, and I I vanquished my friend, Sarah Dwyer, the Pot Punisher. And where does that take us? Well, we shot all that in a day. Basically, our we had a San Francisco crew and a Portland crew. We shot that in a day, and it was great. We had some really cool help from Josh Fries, Sarah Dwyer, and uh, we nailed it. It was great. And then we were looking into the void of what it would look like to film uh, with Octopus Primate and their film crew, Sam Kitaguchi and Chris Polanco. Um, basically, we had one or two days to track shots, hoping that all of the props that we ordered off of websites would make it over to Sean's place in time. Meanwhile, we had to drive up uh, in pretty much as quickly as we could make it. And we were cocky, too. We were like, fuck it, we'll make it so fast. Um, well, we left San Francisco at 2 p.m. <laughs> we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> we should have left in the morning. Uh, actually, if we had left in the morning, then we would not have run into uh, the section of the I-5 that had closed because of snow there's some uh i i do still have some of those videos of uh so to explain so we're driving up uh the i-5 there's the two of us we've we're waiting the props are waiting to get to sean's place and they are not showing up because of this blizzard and we're like what blizzard and we're in the car we're like we're texting sean well the passenger is texting sean as the other one is driving and we're like can you check the porch like are you sure it didn't arrive um, and it's like getting later and later into the night and I look at Alon and I'm like, the I-5's closed. Like, we can't keep driving. And we just were like, well, what the fuck do we do? Well, it was even like, it was saying it was going to close in like five or in, in like X amount of miles. And that just didn't make any sense. I'd never seen it. I don't think well, you Well, yeah, like- we, we kept driving. and But then there was this weird elephant graveyard of like big semi trucks that were parked alongside the freeway. Do you remember that? I do. I actually have some of the video of that. If you let me cue it up real fast, we can watch it and I can kind of get the sound going. One thing to um, kind of explain during this video though, is that we were listening to very bad pop music to kind of cope. Um, <laughs> well, we just, we had to cue up so much to listen to and uh, we were still getting to know each other at this time. Uh, if you want to lean in, I can show you some of the videos here. I'll keep them. Um, so this is one of them. I think this is. So at this point, Noelle's driving. Um, and I think. Is the sound dead on here? I guess so. So we're rounding a corner here. And like you can see that we're about to hit a truck. But veer around it. And there's just a row of trucks hanging around over there. Oh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. I can get the sound. Hold on. Uh, let's do that one more time. You can hear the awful music we're listening to. Oh no, that's Bob Marley. Uh, this was one of the better examples. But so we're... Am I looking at here? 
That's the sound of Noel pulling around a row of trucks. And that was like as much as I felt comfortable filming. And then there's another one in here. Uh, this one I'm pretty sure has some awful pop music on it, but... But we're basically driving around. Because all these guys are like, that guy's not jackknife. That dude was, though. Oh, this is a, this is a different part of the drive. Um, uh, so after... Drive us home, little Toyota. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> that guy got us for some miles. Like, And then he started driving erratically, and we had to like pass him. And well, pa- no, so, so after we... After we, the elephant graveyard and they had closed the I-5, we like, we were, we got cocky and we decided to take like a weird mountain road that Google Maps was like, yeah, sure, you can do that. Physically possible. Right. Not recommended. No. And then we end up like driving up this hill that's just like getting coated in snow, like inches per second kind of thing. And there's a truck that's jackknifed at the top of it and like people are like turning around and like rolling, sliding down the hill and we just kind of, in that moment, we're like, we're not making it up. There's no possible way that we're going to be able to get up to Portland. And we'd only planned, like, two, three days of, like, shooting. We'd really come down to the line. We basically invested in gas, props, and, like, really thin budget with a couple of days. And as we started to go up this mountain, there were just lines of cars, like, you know, stop still. People, like, looking around, trying to find, like, you know, everybody was, like... The cops were pulling people over, telling them they couldn't go any further without chains. I'd never seen such a thing. Yeah, we we didn't have chains at that point. So, what did we? Where did we stay? We ended up turning around and spending the night in Reading. Right. The first night we turned around in Reading, but there was some kind of crazy accident in the center of town, which knocked out like the central power grid oh for God, most of the town. I remember that we like drove up right after it happened. And, like, all the lights had gone out. This was such a crazy night, now that I'm remembering it. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Oh, and then, so, we pulled up and then had to, like, go around that. We ended up staying at this motel in Reading. And what the guy was like, it had to be cash only and we had to put down, like, a $100 deposit that, like, in order to stay. But the do you whole time, that? yeah, I do. Like, like somebody had crashed into like one of the main. It was like the traffic lights and part of the electricity or something. Like there was some crazy weird accidents. So we had to go run out and find an ATM in a town that was like dead with no traffic lights. And like I don't know, Reading is weird. Reading is that perfect border town where like I don't know, like every time I'd stop there when I still had Oregon plates, like at least one, like people would always come up and just hassle you because like they're very California and proud, but in like the worst methed out way. Like one time. <laughs> I was parked on the side of the road, looked up directions, and I saw my organ plates, and somebody came up out of the blue, punched my freaking, like, uh, side mirror, and just shouted, go back to Oregon. It's like, man, I, I, I mean, like, how do you know I'm not looking directions? <laughs> I wasn't. I was going deeper into California. But, like, what if I wasn't? What if I was really going back to Oregon? <laughs> that was a separate trip, though. Yeah, no, no, no. This wasn't that one. Right. Um, but so we wound up in Reading, and, you know, we, we got out of it and started to drive back, but we had to find chains. But, like, they... Didn't have our size, so we just had this Groundhog Day day of like just being kicked back to Reading for a while, and we kept trying to drive around traffic in different directions. And, and this, this was the next day. Yeah, so we are already a day into like you know a four or five a four day shoot. We bought ourselves this extra day was supposed to be when we'd crack our shots because again, okay, we're we set this thing up in San Francisco, contacted a Portland crew of people I'd worked with before when I lived there last summer, 
and then basically just blindly went for it. Like we had a few ideas. Noel grew up in Portland. I'd lived in Portland recently. We had a few rough ideas of where we were going to wind up going. But like, again, we had to track, like scout some shots, get out there and like literally just get some cameras on them so we could figure out what to do. Yeah, we hadn't been there in person yet to like actually plan out what was going on. So we that that was kind of rough, actually. We didn't get to do that. Um, so we, we got stuck in writing on this Groundhog Day type thing and finally get the chains and start heading up um, in the direction that we had uh, gotten turned around from by... Well, the I-5 opened up again because it, it closed during the evening, but then it opened up in the morning. And so we, we actually did get to go up smoothly uh, the next day. No, we didn't. We had to sidestep that crazy storm. We went completely to the side in a different direction. No, that was on the way back. That was not on the way back. That was on the way up. No. No, we made a straight shot on the way back. We went on the side on the way the way up. No. <laughs> I don't think so. Is that right? That's totally accurate. On the way up, we couldn't get back up that mountain that second time and then had to cut around the storm to get up to Portland that first time. And we had to drive through going north through... Uh, oh, fuck. I forget what, ci- what cities they were, but it was just like the opposite. We basically... Oh, like, they weren't cities. Yeah, no, no, no. They were like little towns, but like that storm just sat there and we couldn't get through it. The oh, I-5 yeah. was still closed. You're right. We we physically drove around the storm cell. You've been blocking this out of your memory, haven't I you? Think I think my brain actually was yeah. like, we're not, we're not going to remember or think about this. It was like pretty harrowing because like, okay, so, wow. Okay, well, I think we just discovered a repressed memory here. <laughs> no, okay, wait. I'm remembering when we were like when we found that jackknife truck i turned to you and i was like we're gonna have to sleep in the car and you were like i don't want to sleep in the car i was like i don't want to either but i think that's what we're gonna have to do oh man i forgot all of this yeah we we wound up back in reading for this crazy groundhog day type thing and then got chains started to head back up and like traffic wasn't moving and people just kept piling in and we saw our way out and we turned around and we're like we're not gonna just keep throwing money at overpriced, dingy-ass hotels. What the fuck are we going to do? We got a video to shoot. That's, like, why we came out here. Right. So we plotted this course to go more towards the coast, and we physically looked at the storm on a map and said, I bet you it stops here. Yeah, well, we didn't... We Yeah, we did. We went all the way to the coast, and then we drove up the one for the remainder of... You're so right. The storm was sitting there, and it just, like, stopped at a certain point, and we just drove (laughs) diagonally just right up against that point. Oh, I I totally blocked that out of my memory. That is amazing. Yeah, no, that's... that's, I I brought you on to talk about that, because that was just, like, the craziest experience, because, like, as we're doing this, the props aren't making it because of the blizzard. We're driving into this thing, and, and we know for a fact that we're, you know, going to... Like you kept, I kept trying to like, I I just kept being like, well, that's it. The props aren't showing up. Oh my God. So as we're driving up, like we're finally making it into the Portland area. And so the main villain of this story is their name is Rodney Rockhardfeller. In the music video, in in the story of the music video, not the making of the video. Not the story. Yeah, exactly. In the music video, player one, my character, the like big revenge scene is with Rodney Rockhardfeller, who's played by, uh, octopus primate sean stewart sean stewart um and we ordered this wrestling singlet it would match it kind of like matched the one that i was wearing but it was an opposite color and elon gets a, a message from amazon that's like your package was not delivered and it won't be delivered and half the props didn't make it too some of them just showed up as like 
One of them was like the tag for this thing and not the thing, and they were like, "Well, you got you got some of it, right?" But but like that, the wrestling singlet was like the main thing that you had envisioned, and you were really excited about it. I mean, they're and wrestlers, like if they're otherwise, if they're just fighting, they're just random people in outfits fighting. I mean, and like you, wrestlers you know, wear uncomfortable. It's singlets. a good point. It's a good point. But you know, we were. 45 minutes away from my friend's house and you are sitting in the passenger seat and you go well there's no there's no point in making we've, it if I, if it that's th- not gonna if, if that's not arriving then i don't want to make it i like, <laughs> was so like after all that blizzard like literally after everything we else had we've been, been driving through, for two days but it was just like it you know what i've made so many music videos where they, this one first off uh success story it clicked we made a good video but like i guess you know you wouldn't know that, you know, check out the links in the, in the, the metadata or, uh, you know, on YouTube, Fake Publishing Millionaires, YouTube. Uh, so success story with this one. I've had so many instances where you just like, like skimp on the props a little bit or like one thing or another. You just, you just cut a couple of corners and it looks like crap and you don't realize it and you've put so long into it and you're like, uh, and I think that like the idea that like the villain might have a crappy costume made me so sad. But you totally changed it. Like you turned it around on that one. I was... Right. Well, I was sitting there and I was like, okay, what else is wrestling? Like, you know, how how can we spin this? Because there's no fucking way I'm turning around and not filming this video after everything we've put into it. And I was thinking about like, you know, when uh, like wrestlers are like before they actually wrestle, they're like chilling in the corner with their bathrobes on and like their towels and stuff. Well, I was like, well, what if we put Rodney in a bathtub in, in a um, what are they called? Bathrobe. And then we have like, you know, the American flag sitting around their neck as kind of like an ascot because like this Rodney guy like meant to be kind of an American capitalist banker figure. Um and, like, we were talking about it and we were, like, looking online to see where we could find a bathrobe with such short notice. Um, and we ended up going thrift shopping when once we, riff, once we reached Portland. Uh, we found a good one at a Goodwill. We found we some... We spent, like, the whole, like... So, again, like, basically the time frame with this is, like, we get up this mountain. We get, basically, down the mountain, crash in Redding where there's no power and car accidents aplenty and, like, go all around Reading trying to get tire chains so that the cops will even allow us to go back up this mountain. There are rumors that the five is open, but you know, they're just rumors. So we decide that the only way we're going to make this is if we sidestep and take a bunch of side highways straight out to the one on the coast, just along the underbelly of the storm, looking at the storm at all times and adjusting as it got closer. And as we get around that, around the one, all of the door locks start to get jammed with sand. And we are just barely making, we barely make it. We're hanging on and none of the props are getting there. And by the time we get, again, 45 minutes away, I'm like bugging out like, well, we don't have the props. What's the point? <laughs> and like, um, we start looking up how much any of these things cost. And like, we're like, there's just all this damage control for it. And like, we wind up going thrift shopping with like a day to the, the show and it winds up working all right. Not even a day. Like, it was the same day. That was, like, the time frame for all of this was basically, like, turning it around the day before. Like, we didn't really have... I, I You know, we, we came up with a pretty intricate plot for this, but it was pretty important that, like, it came from really loose feelings about, like, cool aesthetic concepts. And then, like, I think we came up with, like, a wish list of what we wanted that was, like, after watching... A handful of American Gladiator videos and being like, this is hella funny. These things are funny. Like, especially like where the wrestlers introduce themselves. Like, I'm Laser and I'm like, you know, this is Laser. They're here to like 
fuck around and fight people or some shit, you know? Yeah, but we had to do it all non-verbally because that was the interesting part to me. It was like, okay, how do we convey this concept and this energy without like allowing the character to to say like, I'm laser and I'm here, (laughs) like, you know? And, And I feel like the reason you got so bummed about the props like not showing up was because those props were our way of conveying that information. But, you know, I feel like we were able to achieve it without, like, all of the planned props. We kind of made it work. Let's take a second and play a little bit of music about snow, yeah? I've got this song by Tape Girl that's pretty rad. It came out last year. It's called Shoveling Myself Out of the Snow. Weather alert. Weather alert. It's starting to snow. It's snowing. It's snowing. It's snowing. song about snow um yeah so anyhow when we got to portland this is a big surprisingly weird i'm gonna say it's a success story about (laughs) creating a music video with your friends and coming up with a concept and uh just so the indicate indicate thing it's a rock opera it's got its own story each of the videos 
is a concept that kind of me and my friends come up with on the fly. And this one, we decided to have a fucking story and like a revenge arc. And it fits kind of the way that the song works, the themes of the song. Um, and our friend Sean from Octopus Primate is a total ham. And he plays the real antagonist of the video to Noel's character. He plays Rodney Rockhardfeller, who's, um, you know, uh, no, um, Noel's character, Player One's landlord. Uh, that's evicted them and that's like the big revenge there's like small slights against noelle's character that they like check off a revenge list to like scott face and pot punisher throughout the video but this is like the big fight so we actually um we got some we went up to portland to film ostensibly a training montage and um the big fight with sean's character over at revolution parkour in beaverton uh i will say what was funny about trying to book a parkour gym was that there are not a lot of ninja warrior American gladiator type gyms that aren't just like either super expensive kitsch in COVID times. That was such a weird tall order. Like there's a lot of children's gyms that have stuff like that, but just look awkwardly undersized compared to the like a human being. And also <laughs> like, I don't know, like they just, it looks so off. It's off. You can tell like, Oh, that's not American gladiators. That's a bunch of grown adults playing in a children's playground. Mm -hmm. Tisk tisk. Um, and then, like, all the times are pretty reserved with all the COVID stuff, which, you know, thankfully, when gyms are, I don't know. Anyhow, um, this was months ago, too. Like, this was in December during, like, the height Six of Six months Omicom. ago. Yeah. So this is, you know, we called around and it just made the most sense to go up to Portland to shoot all the gym scenes there, let alone the fact that Sean's crew uh, with Sam Kitaguchi and Chris Polanco, they've got great cameras. Those they were so professional and just amazing throughout that whole process. I was so impressed. So it was worth it to go up to Portland for this crazy hell trip. But again, we had like three days and we had never been to the gym that we were renting, uh, you know, for uh, we paid to rent uh, X amount of time to record the video there. We'd never been to any of these spaces before. We were just rolling the dice on this idea that we had about funny, gross American gladiators. Um, so it's day negative one let's say it's like we're, we're scouting the shots and um gosh it... we scouted the shots and we we picked up props that didn't show up from like the dollar tree home depot we went to walmart uh we went to goodwill and then we uh, we did meet um chris and sam the lighting and uh video guys for to like take levels i guess at the different places we were going to be shooting the next day we uh i think we just had them on that one day of didn't we no we visited all the spots uh the same day that we got props to like uh, allow them to level the lights if i'm not remembering it incorrectly you may be right i don't feel like we had that much it 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 was a bit of a blur there was also like um yeah we, we were going to, and then, like, additionally, we were crashing. Uh, we uh, stayed at my best friend's place, uh, Julie Howe. Hey, girl. Um, she was so gracious, allowing us to, like, roll in at fucking 1 a.m. And meanwhile, like, um, Sean's partner that they live with was just not stoked on having a video being shot there. Oh, she was mad. She was so mad. We were getting all these texts the whole time. So we'd be like, we had, like, a few scenes to shoot there, and, like... Uh, they were like, what was crazy was we had basically two days of shooting, if I'm not 
remembering this wrong. One, I think that's right. One was all the outdoor shots in Portland, Oregon, which if you're from there, you'll <laughs> in know. In December. Is just the silliest idea. What light are you banking on? Seriously. And like, I'm, not only was there no sun, but it got dark at like 4 p.m. And like, also, okay, so for a training montage, I guess let's start there. Like, for the. Um, so the shots that we had to get were like, Noel is living in, in Sean's house and uh, Noel's character is living in the house that Sean lives in in real life and gets evicted by Sean's character, Rodney Rockhardfeller. And they have like a brief fight. Um, we had to film that and then like a bunch of training that Noel's character does on the way into it. And then we were going to go into Revolution Parkour in uh, Portland, uh, in Beaverton and uh, film those scenes. For the boss fight. The thing about the training montage was I'm just a weirdo and all of the montage involved. It was like, I think it started with like, what, you know how in Rocky where he does that thing with the eggs where he puts the egg in the cup, he makes it. Oh my God, that was was like, what if we just did that times like 20? Like how gross can we make this while still just. was like, okay, what if, what if we get monster energy drinks? We put cigarette ash in, we grate a hard boiled egg into it. And then we uh, just mix it with some power bars. And then and then you can drink that. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> and then we got like a cheese, we had to get like a cheese grater. And like, I think that the, we, uh, none of us smoke cigarettes, but we had thought the character would smoke. So there was just always like a cigarette in every shot until we are like, no, fuck it. <laughs> Yeah. But like yeah, the gross the gross food thing also that's the one that stuck too. There's a lot of other gross food things that we had to cut out for time or because we were losing light. It was it was strangely food oriented. I we did get a couple shots of um you throwing cabbage at me. The cabbage one was like okay, so initially it was gonna be uh like um there were a couple of action shots like one was like uh doing Noel's character doing chin ups in an intense training montage, but when they got to the top. There was a cold cut up there. Well, there's <laughs> like, a sandwich. There's a hoagie, and they're 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 eating the hoagie. But we didn't we didn't get to film that in time before the light left, so we didn't include that in the video. We tried though. There was like uh, maybe a good twenty minutes where four grown adult human beings on an adult gym somewhere in like Troutdale or one of one of those dales in the general <laughs> Portland area. Um, in the suburbs, off the the red electric line, that weird train line. That's yeah. Like, we uh, you know, in full view of everybody's backyards, four adult human beings trying to help somebody eat a sandwich while doing a chin up and get it on film. I felt very incompetent because like it wasn't a chin up because the it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be a chin up piece of equipment if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> it was something else, and and I was like supposed to like pull my entire body up in this very absurd way. Or, you know what, in order to film it, I had to be, like, on my knees or something. (laughs) And so it just wasn't working, and I don't know. And it was dark. So as it's getting dark, we're like, all right, we still need to continue this training montage. And so in addition to uh, the chin-ups and eating a sandwich, which, again, just, uh, I don't know how they got so food-oriented. The other one was uh, trying to block cabbage, full heads of cabbage, (laughs) from being... You know, like, using well, I was using my pugil stick to like block the you know like fruit ninja. Did you yes. ever play? Yeah, so it's kind of like fruit ninja. Are you, de- are you defending the food prank to me now? That <laughs> sounds like we've come full circle. Well, I'm like I just remember why we did it and why I was like yes, we should do this. <laughs> it was okay. So this is the, you're you're remembering how you came to agree to get cabbage thrown. Yes, out. and actually I don't recommend the experience because cabbage is incredibly dense and I bruised both my ankles. <laughs> Like, instead of hitting the cabbage with my pugil stick, I was hitting them with my feet because 
they're very heavy and dense and so would not recommend two out of ten it was like we um so to, to paint the scene it's in the video it's at the end of the video it was like it had it didn't make sense to have in the video in the final editing but we it, it that epic end theme this is this that's the score to noel getting hit with cabbage <laughs> but um <laughs> it's uh um we're at a tennis court and the it's just getting dark out and we're all pondering how do we light this up how do we how do we what, what do we do here and so we get um uh everybody turns their car lights on it right? was raining too it was raining and everybody moved their cars their headlights worked as the uh the lights, because everybody's light. The lights for the the uh, the actual stage lights were too expensive, and like you know, no disrespect, nobody's gonna lose their gear over no the, the of throwing cabbage can, absolutely not. But so like you know, at this point too, we had a scene where Sean's character deflates one of the pugil sticks. We made the pugil sticks also out of sockum boppers and PVC pipes that we painted orange. We didn't have pugil sticks. We don't get these from somewhere. We really just thought at some point or another that like <laughs> well, we the pugil them. sticks that we looked up were too expensive. There are like real tactical pugil sticks that you can buy on like weapons uh, forums. Fun fact, pugil sticks are meant to mimic the fighting that you do with the butt of a gun that you're trained to do in, I believe, the Marines. So yeah. I'm not an expert. Uh, hey, email us at fakepublishingmillionaires at gmail.com if you are an expert on pugil stick fighting and I am just screwing up. But uh, I mean you no disrespect because I don't want to get hit with a gun. Please don't hit us with your pugil sticks. No Thank butts you. in I. You know what? Butts in the face. Butts in the face for everybody, but not guns. <laughs> but not guns. Um, so we made our own pugil sticks, and then we made uh, we made a lot of the props from scratch. And in making the pugil sticks and having to order the sockum boppers off the internet and having them like be kind of iffy to come to, we should have more, ordered more sockum boppers. Is something nobody ever said yes. when they were making them, and that's why they're out of business. Um, Hindsight it brings clarity that you don't have in the moment. <laughs> so we uh, um, we slashed open one of those for a shot, and so at this point, Noelle's. It's raining. Noelle's having cabbage thrown at her. and her We've duct taped a deflating sock and bopper to the end of a pugil stick. To a PVC pipe <laughs> to mimic a pugil stick at this point. It is the Viagra of stage props. Man, we really, we pulled it off. I think the the, the point where you almost cracked was we uh, we got to the uh, the gym. We all signed our, our waivers that if we all died filming this, doing a stunt, they were not liable. <laughs> Uh, thankfully, none of us is trying to dodge bullets like the crow, and uh, we we couldn't get Sean, Sean has a bandit's mask, a beer, oh my god, helmet, and like a beer holster, and like a, a a bathrobe and an ascot that's the American flag, and money falling out of every seam. But his bandit's mask uh, was forgotten, and yes. I think he was just like, you know, what? you can do it without it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> No, he can't. He's like, well, what are we going to do? I'm like, I don't know. I looked at Alana. I was like, okay, well, then what the fuck do you want to do? Because we have to film this. We have this studio or this gym for two hours. I started tearing up fabric. We made him a mask. Yeah, I I, I used a hunting knife to to make holes for his eyes. (laughs) Like, tied it around the back of his head. Like, honestly, like, without a bandit's mask, you can't really be a wrestling heel, you know? (laughs) It just seemed really apropos. The the gym shots were great. Basically, we were we did not have a chance to rehearse any of this. No, we, we didn't have a chance to see the gym beforehand because, like during COVID, it was really regimented, like little time frames. So we basically got 
three hours at about at a reduced rate but still like enough that it was like you know three hours that's it and then we drove back after finishing the shoot so we had three hours then we excluded to head back to portland and hopefully not hit the storm twice which we didn't the ride back was uneventful it was delightful um but so we get in there and look at all this equipment and we basically come up with all the stunts as we're moving um on the fly we just look at a piece of equipment and go this is how this is going to look this is how this is going to look and then uh, after the fact, we had to basically just go in and at like within, we only had maybe an hour or two to meet with Sean to order the footage before getting right. out of there. We came up with a pretty good detailed numbering system so that things wouldn't get lost in translation. Oh man, having to do editing remotely is such a pain in the neck. If you're working with folks and you're doing editing remotely and it's going wrong, and you're able to do it in person and like actually get there in any way, shape, or form, or even just FaceTime or do something besides phones or emails, fucking do it because fucking long distance editing is just brutal for things like video. Like granted, some like, you know, uh, I, I've had different experiences with different people and this is not to reflect at all on, on my working relationship with Octopus Primate because they're excellent. They did a really great video with uh, GoPros for breath and they've done really two really good videos for Indica and Decay, but just like doing remote editing is a pain in the nuts. Well, it just, it you know, you're left feeling like, oh man, I should have said this instead. And like, it's hard to communicate like really well about exactly what you want. And so it's a lot of trial and error. I mean, Sean was such a trooper through that experience too. There was a shoot before this one where uh, I'm going to hopefully have Sean on later to talk about some of the videos they've been shooting and stuff because, I mean, Octopus Primate is, is rad. And if you're in Portland and listening to this, Octopus Primate might be the video, folks, for you. <laughs> but there was one that we did where uh, Sean uh, jumped into the Willamette River for a shot and, like, just, like, at a moment's notice, like, at the end of a long day of shooting, his character had to jump into the river and he just, like, pretended he was mopping. His character was a, a janitor. He pretended he was mopping out of this pier and people were like, Oh, la, 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 just the janitor. And then he just like hopped off this pier and it was like, what the living fuck just happened? This is a different video. This is a different video, but Sean's a trooper is my point. Yeah. That's not the video we're talking about. But Octopus Primate, good fucking job. <laughs> um, so we wrapped that in the three days and made it back. But within that time, again, we had never been to any of the locations. We had like remotely seen videos of the gym. We had a vague idea of where we wanted to shoot in Portland, but we had one day to do it working against a rainstorm. Like, it was like icy rain while we were doing the shoot. It was like the universe really didn't want us to complete the project. It was pretty fascinating. It kind of felt that way. What was interesting on the way back was I, I was wearing uh, my friend Anthony, who does uh, uh, zines under the name Prom Shark, uh, his uh, Trump with a Oh, that's a right. Uh, he has these enamel pins, uh, uh, prom shark, um, with, uh, prom shark with, a uh, Trump, uh, with an elote, uh, in his eye through his eye. And there's like hot sauce or blood pouring out of his eye. And like, you can see the corn and he's just, you know, making his like, Wah! it's Trump like face. wonderfully gruesome in a cartoon kind of way. And, like, for all the times, like, I don't know if you've been around Portland or the general Jefferson, Washington, or Jefferson, Oregon, State California. State of Jefferson. State of Jefferson between Southern Oregon and Northern California yeah. and all this, like, uh, redneck Trump, MAGA, you know, Brandon, whatever the fuck you're going to say, kind of bullshit. But, like, you know, I've had this pin on for so long that, like, we didn't think about it, but people just treated us like dirt on the drive back down. It was actually, I, I've 
that was one of the most uncomfortable like i don't we stopped for a burrito and we were gonna eat there but like i don't know i've never felt so uncomfortable in a situation and i don't know like i think it was your pin but i i also i'm not sure jefferson is gnarly like that though they like it's like a very if your state is trying to secede from the union you usually look at outsiders in a funny way yeah but like in general it was interesting wearing a pin like that and getting you know working in portland for so long you deal with a lot of people that have uh attire that lets you know that i'm a white supremacist and i have a gun what are you gonna do yeah so when you've got like a funny picture of trump getting hurt and he's not the president anymore and you're not thinking about the things you have on you and people start looking at you with that same horror like i recognize the look that we started to get of being like yeah. oh my god how's this gonna go you know like yeah. it's interesting seeing it on such a complete like it was an interesting like epilogue to the story where like after all the other weird things to happen being treated like the other for you know yeah i wasn't expecting that i guess i should have thought about it <laughs> well that's like the interesting thing about being in like i don't know redneck places as a person with white skin is that you just you i don't know i guess we looked queer yeah. I, I don't know we were visibly very we were visibly queer i didn't used to dress this queer going through redneck places not out of fear i just like i've turned a corner with expressing how i feel and yeah. it's interesting going back over the places you've been and being like, oh, I don't fit in. It's not just the pin. It's that I don't fit in here anymore. Yeah. I remember thinking about that too. Like, I I used to not, like, express my anything outwardly because I, you know, I like liked being able to blend into the background and, like, you know, I just, I don't want people to, like, look at me. I do not wish to be perceived. But, like, actually being a part of like the ska band and like getting to know you and josh like i feel like i've been coming out of my like shell a little bit and that was an experience when we were in reading coming back that like i i was dressing more visibly queer than i have in the past and i was like oh i kind of miss my anonymity but i was also like no fuck that like what why should i be treated any differently for i don't know it was it was an interesting that was an interesting experience that I also have blocked. <laughs> so here we are accessing blocked memories. It was a very stressful, quick fire time period. Yeah. And it's interesting to be six months down the road and unpack a bit. Did you feel weird being the star of the video? Oh, yeah. No, I see. I, I never like to put myself <laughs> in the like. I make a lot of art, but I'm usually behind it in a way that's like, oh, I made this. Come look at it. It stands alone. It stands outside of me. And so working on a project with you where I was, I mean, more or less, I was like the main character of of the video was really weird and kind of hard for me, candidly. Like, I don't like it. I don't like taking pictures of myself. I don't like, I don't like it when other people take pictures of myself or me. And so I kind of, let go of a lot of that control and like allowed my I don't know I allowed myself to be perceived in this project and that was a really interesting experience for me and I still am not entirely sure how I feel about it but for the most part like we created something badass funny and interesting and like that has kind of changed the way that I see myself in my art so um, I'm grateful for that and to you 
You mostly, at this point, if you had to pick a medium that you make the most stuff in, what would that medium be? Man, it really fluctuates. I mean, I work as a ceramic artist. Um, I teach, like, intro students. I slip cast work. Um, so, like, sculptural. Uh, but I also draw. And I guess I play the saxophone and I sing. Um, lately, I guess I've been making more music than anything else. But um, I have a craft show coming up that I've been meaning to, to make more ceramics in. Um, and then we're also working on that, uh, we, so we're working on a zine together about a mythical creature that we kind of devised within our, um, ska band named Skunch. We will uh, do a show on that in the future. We actually <laughs> are almost at the end of this particular hour. I hope that everything for you, the listener, didn't come off as too disjointed at first. This is our first episode <laughs> and Noel and I don't even know where to begin with a crazy story like that, but... Hopefully you had a good time listening to it. And if you have any critiques or anything like that, let us know. We're here to tell you some good stories. You're here to make some good art too, I assume. Because why not? That's a fair assumption. Let's have a good time with that. Uh, if you are making art, are you making zines or any of this stuff, hit me up, fakepublishingmillionaires at gmail.com. We as Fake Publishing Millionaires put out zines like the Skunch one Noel and I have been making about a cryptid who can maybe cure cancer or maybe he can't maybe he's just kind of sad maybe they are just kind of sad maybe gender is a construct and cryptids are uh mythical and it's silly to call them genders but i feel like the like this was really fun talking about our project um i feel like the takeaway is that you shouldn't let things get in the way of creating art because you'll be able to do it if you just keep (laughs) If you just decide to get a bathrobe instead of a wrestling singlet, <laughs> you can make it happen. You can make it work, and it'll be good. <laughs> can I play the the most cliched thing to possibly play in my position and put on our band at the end of this right now? I mean, I, I feel like we're here. It's now. Why not? All right. So the other week we got to play at the Warfield with uh, the Mountain Goats by an improbable chance that I don't want to get into right now <laughs> because I feel like a broken record, even though it's the coolest fucking thing. Uh, we played a band called Sad Snack, and this is our cover of No Children. Uh, thank you so much for a good radio hour and if you made it all the way to the end uh you found the prize i hope you enjoy Uh oh loading i hope that our few remaining friends give up on trying to save us i hope we come out with a fail safe plot to piss off the devil Shaving tomorrow 